Well, the President of the Republic, uh, President Akufado, is delivering his uh, Christmas message. I want to take you live now uh, to the Jubilee House. Government, I send best wishes to all Christians in Ghana and indeed around the world for Merry Christmas and best wishes for a happy new year to all Ghanaians and citizens of the world. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and as we give and receive His goodwill in this holy season, I urge all of us to bear in mind the true meaning of His life on earth. He was born to reconcile man to God, and in so doing, demanded that we love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind and love our neighbors as ourselves. The cardinal principles of Christianity, charity, faith, humility, love and reconciliation should guide us in this festive season and beyond. I know these are difficult times for us. Undoubtedly, 2021 has proven to be a tough year, not only for us, but also for everyone on the planet. COVID-19 has affected every sector of the global economy and our national life. Nothing in its path has been spared its ravages. Our economy which was growing at an average of 7% in 2017, in 2018, and in 2019, grew by 0.4% in 2020, because growth in industry, services, tourism, and manufacturing sectors would drive the economy and provide jobs for many Ghanaians, contracted dramatically in 2020 as a result of the sudden disruption in the global supply chain and the steep decline in the global economy, which sent the global economy into recession. This is the stark reality of the situation, not an excuse. Indeed, but for the bold and timely measures put in place by government to cushion Ghanaians against the worst effects of the pandemic, our situation would have been more precarious. For the purposes of propaganda and narrow partisan and parochial interests, some would have you believe that the difficulties we are facing are purely Ghanaian phenomena made by the MPP government under my leadership. Pay no heed to such persons. They know the truth but cannot speak it. A significant fact for me is my determination to pull us out of this situation. Government has designed a solid program for the recovery and revitalization of the economy, which is the 100 billion CD Ghana Cares or Batampa program. We have completed the implementation of the stabilization phase in 2021. We saw the economy grow at 6.6% in the third quarter of 2021, with a projected overall growth of 4.4% for 2021. 2022 and 2023 will be the years of recovery and revitalization and faster economic growth. Already, there are clear signs that the economy is bouncing back strongly just as there are welcome indications that the global economy is also recovering. The work undertaken by my government over the last five years in education, healthcare delivery, agricultural and industrial transformation, infrastructural enhancement, especially in the road sector, the empowerment of the security services, and the development of the digital economy, amongst others, is evident. I appeal to you to stand shoulder to shoulder with my government in these trying times. You have stood with me most of my adult life. You gave me a resounding victory in 2016. 
and you return me to office again with the help of God with another decisive victory in 2020 because I fulfilled largely the commitments I made to you in 2016. United in our democracy, we will emerge from this difficult path stronger and even more resilient. Let us not see the economic difficulties of today as the blueprint for tomorrow. I am a firm, passionate believer in our national potential. We have it in us to rise up and revive our fortunes. There are brighter days ahead for Mother Ghana. As Christmas fills our hearts with gratitude, let us not forget that COVID-19 is still very much in our midst. The number of active cases is currently on the rise. So let us act and live responsibly. And let's continue to adhere to the protocols of social distancing, enhanced hygiene, and mask wearing. We have for nearly two years been wearing masks, avoiding shaking hands, and using sanitizers, which have been uncomfortable experiences for us all, even though they have helped keep us safe. The science tells us that getting vaccinated is the most effective way to defeat the virus and go back to our normal way of life, reopen fully our economy, and return our nation onto the path of progress and prosperity. Government has succeeded in securing considerable quantities of vaccines for the country, numbering nearly 23 million doses so far. So I treat all those who have not been vaccinated to do so. Our responsibility to one another requires that we be vaccinated. Let us all celebrate the season safely and responsibly and maintain the peace of the nation. It is my fervent hope that this Christmas will be celebrated without any road accidents. Drivers must minimize their speed, take due precaution for other road uses, drive without the influence of alcohol, and wear their seatbelts, as must all passengers. And please, in the name of Christian charity, remember to help those who are less fortunate in this festive season. Ni hanya fe afio afi afi aya ni banina wo. May God bless us all and our homeland Ghana and make her great and strong. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And that's President Akufado delivering his uh, Christmas message there. It's not time for Ghana Connect. Connect tonight. The citizens' verdict on parliament. Fortunate is regrettable, yes, but then it serves a purpose. Sometimes you need to do the wrong thing for the right reason. We need to do that to save our constitution and our parliament from being used as a tool to serve somebody's interests, whims, and caprices. So it has been a year of shame for parliament. The members of parliament started the year with violence. And they are ending it with even more violence. But this is the people's house. So what's your verdict on them? And what should we do to them? Stay with me. Ghana is connecting to discuss.
We connect after the break. We have such great Christmas traditions. Like the Piccadilly biscuits. And the Kaka Moto And Christmas shoe. How about the big family jollof pie? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Bonnie M Christmas album? And also remember Home Alone until you were watching by force. Oh, yeah. Whatever your family's Christmas traditions, you can bring the family together this Christmas with the Vodafone Fix Broadband 2 Much Christmas promo with up to 200% more data. Just add a minimum of 100 Ghana cities to your monthly fixed broadband bundle. And enjoy more data this Christmas. I'll start 900 hash. Visit abb.vodafone.com.gh or download my Vodafone app to subscribe. Terms and conditions apply. Vodafone. When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, will you go when you have the means to make your dreams real when will you start when your voice can reach every ear who will you inspire when your money can travel faster and further than you ever could where will you send it when you can tell a story in every language which ones will you tell when nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole world, world awaits, awaits you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City. Or call us 0302 764101 it's important to create a productive and supportive working environment by investing in your employees' health. With a leading international track record, Apex Health Insurance is regulated and licensed by the National Health Insurance Authority to provide medical insurance services to institutional clients, families, and individuals. Apex Student Package and International Medical Solutions are all here to cushion you. Visit Apex Health Insurance Office at Zion House, Boundary Road, Shiashi or call 0501-683-914 or 0232-000-015 in Kumasi. We are located opposite Prempe College, Sofoline and in Takradi, Apex Health, your preferred health insurer. Wow, wow, wow. Hope you have heard oh, rent to own now in Ghana. The Flan City Extension Project Rent to Own Land and House Ownership Scheme by the Ningo Pram Pram District Assembly and its partners, supported by the Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development and the UN Habitat, are right here in Ghana. So be smart, oh, because where you trade and live really matters. Apply now and own a home or a fully serviced land. Wait a minute, oh. Don't forget to join our affiliate housing cooperatives also. Special offers last up to October 31st, 2021. Call us on 055-55-3300 or 577 and 55 
website newacra.city plant city extension projects shaping Ghana's urban future Get ready to join all music lovers for a night of awesomeness. Freedom Family Entertainment and Lodge Entertainment presents an intimate night with the maestro, Mr. Music Man, called Joe and G. It's the lovers' celebration, celebrating 30 years of Kojo Entry's 24th night festival. Yes, a night of musical wizardry and showbiz excellence from the king of love songs. December 24th, 2021 at the Icon Event Center opposite Living Room East Legon. It's the lovers' celebration with Kojo Entry also performing on the night. Famiye, Effia, Kwame Yabua and Santi from South Africa. Dial star 447 star 397 hush to purchase tickets for 200 cities economy, 500 cities business class, and 800 cities for first class tickets. Or simply call 024-508-5016 to reserve your table. It's three decades of 24th night celebration with Kojo NG. This event is supported by Event Vendors Association. Such great Christmas traditions. Like the Piccadilly biscuits. And the Kaka Motovide. <laughs> and Christmas shoe. How about the big family jollof party? Oh, yeah. You remember the Bonnie M Christmas album? And also remember Home Alone until you were watching by force. Oh, yeah. Whatever your family's Christmas traditions, you can bring the family together this Christmas with the Vodafone Fix Broadband 2 Much Christmas promo with up to 200% more data. Just add a minimum of 100 Ghana cities to your monthly fixed broadband bundle and enjoy more data this Christmas. Visit lbb.vodafone.com.gh or download my Vodafone app to subscribe. Terms and conditions apply. Vodafone. You're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect. So we began the year in January with Parliament dominating the headlines, not for good reasons, but for really shameful reasons. It was a major scaffold in the House that eventually led to military, well-armed military men storming the floor of Parliament. We thought that was unprecedented. Indeed, it was. Nothing happened. After that, to date, he hasn't been investigated. Nobody has been sanctioned. Members of parliament were seen grabbing ballots and running with it. There was total pandemonium. The military had to be called in. Parliament didn't resolve the matter. It still remains unresolved. This is the house that we built, that we employed 275 people in there. And... Things go wrong that we all watch and they do nothing about it. Fast forward, 12 months on, we are ending the year. Parliament is back in the headlines. This time, even worse. It turned bloody. We're now hearing of allegations that that didn't generate. There was a fight. We didn't hear about people getting injured or blood, you know, being spilled. But it turns out that this time, if you listen to the members of parliament themselves, people, allegedly, members of parliament went to parliament with razor blades. And there was an all-out fight right on the days where the speaker's chair is. The marshals were left helpless as they protected the chair. People's shirts were torn. Blows were exchanged. It was a free-for-all brawl. Something that you find in the kindergarten classroom. That is what um, our parliament was reduced to this week. So, yes, our members of parliament started the year with violence. And they are ending it with even more violence. information as to the whereabouts of Mr. Speaker. The leadership of the majority has not been informed of the reasons why Mr. Speaker is unavoidably absent this evening from the Chamber of Parliament. We see this 
as a grand political partisan design to frustrate us. pretend that we in this house do not know that speaker is going through treatment and definitely speaker gets exhausted and will not be able to sit the whole day Because we don't have a division room, I'm advised that the agreement is that we will all file out and then the years will come and they are counted. After that, the laws will come and they are counted. But let me put on record that as soon as I leave the seat, I'm entitled to vote. We will say that uh, it's unfortunate, it's regrettable, yes, but then it serves a purpose. Sometimes you need to do the wrong thing for the right reason. We need to do that to save our constitution and our parliament from being used as a tool to serve somebody's interests, whims and caprices. Under the circumstances, we are joining the house tomorrow, 9 o'clock in the forenoon. So yes, that is your parliament, the people's parliament, and you elected them, all of them, just on December 7, barely a year ago. Well, Ghana and beyond, connecting now to talk about how members of parliament and what should happen now. Should we as a people just be happy with the fact that this again will go unpunished, uninvestigated? The police say they can't do anything about it. And so, yeah, maybe business as usual will return again next year and a fight will happen. We're waiting for an MP to be severely injured, God forbid, killed on the floor. And then maybe then we'll do something about it. Is that what it is? Because after January, when this fight happened, January 7th, nothing happened. Chief Moomin poet, social change advocate is connecting with us on Zoom. Hello, Chief. Hello, Chief. Uh, Chief, if you can unmute yourself, let me hear you. Uh, forces. Hi, hi, Chief. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Good evening. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, long time no here. Yes, uh, we, are, we, are, we are building in the quiet. Uh, you have any uh, shows this Christmas? I'm curious. I mean, after all, this is Christmas Eve. Not at all, not at all, not mm, at all. Okay. Maybe next Christmas, who knows? Ah, well, okay, because I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing something that crafted in the uh, pot of moment uh, very shortly. Uh, we'll talk to you. Forces is a Ghanaian, living in the UK, of course, and uh, as you may have known, a lot of my friends who live outside the country were sending me messages. You know, this was on BBC, a uh, pretty, pretty shameful day all around for Ghanaians all over the world. Uh, he's in the UK, and they watch us very closely. He joins us via Zoom. Hello, Force. Hello, Evans, and good evening to all your listeners. Um, Merry Christmas, and I hope you all have the festive season in full gear as we speak. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Fine, I'm going to be starting with you shortly, so stay with me, Force. Julius Anthony is a student politician. Uh, he wants to join the gang, so to speak. Hello, Julius. Hello, good evening. Oh, great to have you, Julius. Uh, Elijah will also join us very shortly. Uh, Professor Krabana Safo Kantanka, a recent fellow uh, at Odikro. Uh, they have been studying parliament for so long. Um, each time they do, it causes controversy because the members of parliament are simply absent from the house, but they only show up when their party say do so. Um, <laughs> so it appears. Prof, thanks for connecting. Good evening, Evans. Good evening, 
Thank you. Great to have you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Great, great to have you. you. Um, Isa Fuseni, he's a young ex-member parliament for Kankwe North. Went in, young man is out. I wonder, in the wake of everything that has happened, is he feeling pretty lucky now that he's no longer there being branded as shameful? (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness me, Isa. I mean, by the way, I have Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely. You can bet that will be my first question to you when I when I get your turn. So stand by for me. Um <laughs> I Yeah. I mean uh, first let me start with you. You are the man who is outside looking in. Um this was talk on the town on the BBC. You know, Ghana was the was was a butt of a lot of jokes. Um I wonder as a Ghanaian living outside, did any of your UK friends come across and say, and you're on radio too in the UK, come across and say, what's happening to your country? Evans, thank you very much. And once again, I really appreciate you giving me your platform to add some very important views um, on this appalling, absolutely appalling situation we have in our country at the moment. Yes, I had loads of people. I didn't, just did not have um, friends saying I had journalists, I had professionals. And um, I actually had investors, um, people who were looking to invest in Ghana or who have actually started the processes of investing in Ghana ask, uh, this climate is Ghana still safe as we claim it to be? Because if the legislature, the people who are meant to be leading for others to follow, are starting it this way or cannot even sit down and have a dialogue, how far will it go in society? Unfortunately, Evans, I remember we had a little conversation when the first part of it happened, when parliament had to be filled with military men, and um, we were all told that there was going to be an investigation. However, let's not forget that parliament has a way of governing itself. It has its own policing structure that really helps it police itself. But is it time for us to actually get outsiders, i.e. the actual police force, to go in there and do some proper investigation? Per what I have read and seen with my own eyes, even vividly, and this was something that I saw on the BBC, they were actually saying that they could identify people with razor blades. If that is true, and I'm not saying I've seen I've seen it, but if that is true, what is wrong with the security apparatus in checking people before they get into parliament? Because I know, and I've been in the House of Commons a few times, not once, in the UK, where everybody is checked. Everybody is checked. Yes, people get in. Even everything, everything, you have to. There is a security apparatus that makes sure that every person coming in there is checked, including the parliamentarians and the politicians themselves. So if that happened, how did the person manage to take the blade in? Unfortunately... (laughs) It is so it saddens me that we have actually stooped to be one of those parliament uh, uh, parliament houses where there's a brawl because it used to be we used to be able to say oh it was them and not us at the yeah. moment we've stooped so low mm. that we are part of those people. You're, you're right, and I mean, it really it really it really breaks my heart, Evans. Yeah. I don't know how you feel, but it breaks my heart. I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, uh, Chief, let me bring you in. I mean, we're right. We used to watch. Um, other parliaments on the continent and elsewhere, they, they, they are ripping off seats and throwing at each other. You thought, what, what, what's happening here? And then it happens on our own, on, you know, in, in our country. I, I wonder how this makes you feel. Has it inspired you to write the poem yet? <laughs> not at all. I mean, even um, unlike most people, I am not con- necessarily very um, appalled. You know, I think that we are, we are making too much of this brawl in parliament. There is nothing wrong with once a while having a good natured brawl, you know, in the House of Parliament, especially when you put a lot of people together and the issues that they are discussing, you know, are very are issues that can lead to a lot of tension. What I see here is a parliament resisting being a rubber stamp of the executive. Know that this is the first time that we are almost having a hung parliament. For not almost, we do have a hung parliament, right? We have a majority that is really not a majority, and that is not acknowledging the fact that it is not a majority. So it is not business as usual. Over the years, we've had a case where 
there's always been a clear-cut majority. So the minority will always have its say, but the majority will have its way. But we have a situation whereby this is not the case. And so the governance architecture must reflect the reality on the ground. The government must acknowledge that it doesn't have that majority, you know, to, 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 to roll its, you know, policies through. But when it is behaving as if it is business as usual, then these tensions will boil up. What it means is that you need a government that is more consultative more than ever, a government that is willing to compromise more than ever because they simply don't have the rubber stamp that governments have had before. So what we are seeing here is a parliament that is resisting becoming a rubber stamp. And in that sense of resistance, the, the arguments or the discussions or the tensions can boil into fisticuffs. I don't think that we should necessarily consider this as a doomsday scenario and this is the end of our democracy and all of that. I think that it is just sociological. In any human institution, when you put a bunch of people together, 270 whatever members of parliament and there's heated discussion, sometimes it can boil over. For me, what I'm worried about is the allegation that some weapons were taken into parliament. I mean, I find that a bit difficult to believe, though. But if that is true, then that is something we should be concerned. But if once in a while there's fisticuffs, I don't think that is really something that we should be appalled about. Mm -hmm. like Reality I'm struggling, I'm struggling, Evans. Yeah, force, yeah, force. Yeah, 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 blew it out of proportion, like we are. See, oh, Ghanaian parliamentarians are fighting. This is the end. We are so disappointed. And so what? Yes, they exchange fisticuffs. That's the reality of the situation because we have a hung parliament. We have never been in this situation before. So it's an experimentation for all of us. What is important is that after the blues, at least the business of the house continues. Ah, force, let me hear you. And then Prof Kabana next. I, 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 I am, I'm struggling to say that. What? what? So, 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 you say there's nothing wrong with people, adults who can't actually have a conversation and talk Look. about things because Look. it's a hung parliament and it's yes, all... in the history of humanity... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, It's okay for them to So, how will you feel, how will you feel for somebody who cannot sit down and have a conversation with another adult, going into another school to go and tell, to go so and tell years. kids who are <laughs> demonstrating that they should have fighting for things. So much expectation the parliament, parliament is here. There is not because they're meant to be honourable members of the If you're not honourable enough to be in parliament, then don't go no, to parliament. Because at the end of the day, you have to act like an adult. They are honourable, they are people, they are representatives. Nobody's saying they're not people because the people People have put yes. lots of trust so in them. And so if what? I put trust in you, I don't take you there to go fight. I don't take you in a boxing ring to go fight, so I make money off you. There's nothing okay. wrong with people fighting uh, once a while. Okay, okay. Let, 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 let's, 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 let's see if we can... We can let, me, let me bring in Prof. Kabana Safo and then Julius out here. You, Prof, what do you make of that point? Well, thank you very much, Evans. Um, great, two things. Well, first of all, um, I'll say that what happened in Parliament... Uh, is condemnable. But the other side of it, that, and I'll, I'll chip in this before I continue. Um, when I did my PhD, I looked at the Ghanaian parliament and the UK parliament, and that's House of Commons. Um, the title of the PAD thesis is Questioning and Debating in UK and Ghanaian Parliamentary Discourse. Um, my position will be that as a growing democracy, some of these things will, will happen. We will have to go through some of these things to learn. And I will say that um, to a very large extent, and for this year, I would normally say that the UK House of Commons was or is rowdier than even the Ghanaian Parliament. But of course, I haven't seen anybody take a razor blade or some kind of weapon to Parliament. Thank you. To that extent, it is so bad. But in terms of the brawl and argumentation and the noise, and I'm, I'm, I will tell you that somewhere in 2014, the Speaker of the House of Commons described the House of Commons as public school treatishness. I remember, folks, we talked about this sometime we ago. Spoke, I we remember we spoke about it. And I, I told you I yeah. was very, very glad he said that. But they never fought, did That's they? It. So if you go to the UK today and you, you question um, the general public, they will tell you that they abhor what happens in the UK Parliament, House of Commons. So some of these things will normally happen in Parliament. And as I said, it is a, it is a process. 
And for me, we have to also look at it from the other angle, what we learn from these things. Going forward, what we need to understand is also that um, we are going through a developmental process. We are not there yet. We will get there, but it will take time. And some of these things are the things that will happen to let us learn lessons going forward. So, um, for example, what, what happened this year, early this year, and, and late this year, just last week, I would say that, yeah, my understanding of how parliaments work all over the world, maybe it was not so much strange, but of course, we, the fact that it happened elsewhere doesn't necessarily mean that we have to support it. Mm. But it has become some form of um, the nature of parliaments all over the world, especially when debates become so heated. So um, I would say that, yes, uh, we have to go through some of these things before we get there. Let me, let me bring in and somebody who the, was... The, the point is... Go ahead. Yeah, I want to bring in somebody who was in the house, um, knew how things are done just uh, 12 months back. Uh, Fuseni, where, where, where do you stand on the debate? I, I've heard Chief Muming say, and I've heard Professor say, yeah, I mean, if you look at the way, this is not too strange. Um, but of course, force is absolutely categorical, and like many Ghanaians abhorred by it. You were in there. Were you surprised by what you saw? Uh, good, evening. good evening again, Evans. Um, I must say that. Um, the eighth parliament of the republic it's 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 in a very unique situation um whilst i was in parliament um, we had a situation where the majority side had 169 and the minority had 106. um from my experience in parliament 99 percent of decisions made in parliament um we arrived so in some sort of consensus the majority recognizes the fact that a minority will have their say, a majority will have their way, making concessions, because we, we all know that we are taking decisions in the interest of our nation, Ghana. Um, the Eighth Parliament has a very unique situation, 138 in the majority group, one, the minority 137. Uh, we should still recognize that the minority will have their say, the majority will have their way. Uh, but this time, the uniqueness of the enclosedness of the numbers means that concession and consultation has to be the watchword of leadership in Parliament. And look, um, I learned yesterday that both sides have um, um, 20 women. So it means that um, the NPP group has 117 men and then uh, 20 women. Same with the NDC, has 117 men and 20 women with one person being independent who has agreed to sit with the, with the new patriotic party, making them the majority. So it means that of all combinations that Ghanaians could have, from 275, we are right at the closest. And since that I've seen in Parliament, sometimes I have been scandalized. And I've, I've wondered how come people who are representing a whole constituency would not be able to manage their emotions and and their stance on issues. Look, we can go to plenary with the, the most entrenched positions, but if two sides are working in the common interest of the nation, I think that consensus building should be the way the way to go. And not uh, members of parliament getting into brawls and all of that. I think that is simple. I have been scandalized with some of the behaviors of some of the some some of the times and I, 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 I just have wondered in my time in parliament over the four years, I only experienced once and a member of parliament being expelled from plenary for being disruptive. I never experienced a member of parliament going up the, the, the platform to where the speaker sees to, 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 to disrupt proceedings. All of those are alien to us. I think that look. We are building an institution, and I, I think that for, for us as a nation, the arm of government, the legislature, is being the weakest, the weakest arm, given the three, um, the, the three arms of government. Every time there has been a disruption in Parliament's office, and we have had the opportunities since 1993, we are not there yet, but we are building, and so Parliament after Parliament should get better, and we shouldn't get worse. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's, an, that's an interesting point. Let me bring in Julio. Julio, you, you, are, you are aspiring to be a politician. Young one, is, now you, you're aspiring to be a politician. Let me ask you, in the wake of everything that you've seen this week, 
does it do you begin to question if this is a profession you really want to want to embark on well um i don't think that the events in parliament recently bring um you know being in parliament into question um what i think is that from time to time we should work towards improving the procedures that are used within the house i think a lot of analysts have um, spoken to this issue and have ignored one fundamental issue, which is the fact that the voting procedure and what are the standards of voting have been the cause of the two major instances we have experienced on the floor. First, with the election of speaker, and then secondly, with the you know consideration of the e-levy under a certificate of agency. What is the stance of the standing orders and the constitution on whether or not the person residing can vote. Fundamentally, that was what resulted into the fight as to whether or not the person who posed the question can go ahead and vote. If we can clearly get this issue well-defined and put into perspective, I do not think that any of the sides will feel the need to stand up and go and fight. If we have a situation where, even up until now, it is unclear to all of us as to whether or not the, the individual presiding, if he's a member, can pose the question and after posing the question, get out of the seat and now join the others to vote, there will definitely be a fight because there's a side which feels that it is political manipulation to get a certain results which they do not want. Let's look at other legislatures which are Republican in nature compared to our own. If you look at Article 104, 1, 2, 3, it says that the person presiding, you know, cannot vote and does not have a, a casting vote as well. And then votes on issues, if there's a tie, automatically means that the, the issue is lost. In other jurisdictions where we have parliaments modeled similar to ours, what happens over there, if you take the Senate of the United States, the presiding officer has a casting vote, in that case as a vice president. If we had a situation where the presiding member does not have an original vote, but has a casting vote in the case of a tie, for example, we are clear in our minds that it is only when there is a tie that he can vote. But in a situation where there is no such thing that is considered as lost and all that, I think there's still room for this trouble, especially given the nature of this parliament. And more importantly, I would want to reiterate the point that has been made by others that consensus on issues is very important given the yeah, I mean, but, but let me clarify. Julius, are you suggesting mm-hmm. that because of the issues you've mentioned, you're not too surprised about the, the brawl in the house? Yes, I'm not very surprised about it. Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you in the camp of chief moment who say, I'm really, if you look at there's really nothing extremely, we are making too much of this? No, I, I don't think it's nothing. I don't I, I don't think it's nothing. It's, it, it's a very big deal for parliamentarians to go and be throwing blows at each other. It's something that should not be happening. But then, we must look at the root cause of it. If we only want to lament, oh, MPs, why are you fighting? It's disgraceful. Don't do this disgraceful thing. If you tell me what I'm doing is very disgraceful, and I'm in the chamber, and I feel that someone is manipulating the rules to their advantage, should I sit there and come and tell my constituents that, I sat there because if I if I if I fought for you, others would say it's disgraceful. For example, if I'm an MP and I don't want my constituents to pay e levy, and I feel that legitimately, if the rules were followed, e levy will fall flat. And then I see that someone else is manipulating the rules in ways that are not supposed to be. Would I sit in the chair? I think not. I might rush to go and prevent it. So mm. let's look at the root cause of the issue and deal with it. Yeah, and I just, mean, you, you raise an important point, Chief. Chief, let me let me bring you in here. Calling them disgraceful and all that, it would never solve the problem. Yeah, I mean, Chief. So let me let me bring it. So so so, you you don't you think this is much ado about nothing? We're blowing in a proportion, but but something happened on the floor. Um, you can certainly not say that you're proud of of your parliament, are you? I I mean, for me, what is the point of pride or or disappointment? First of all, there isn't, um, how do you call it, um, a, 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 a culture of behavior where over the years we've witnessed violence in our parliament. So this is an exception. It's, it's one, or, one or two incidents that we've seen at the beginning of the year <coughs> and at the end of the year, and particularly because of some particular issues. So my point is that there isn't... 
opponent is rowdy or is violent, right? The, it was an exceptional situation. And I'm saying that let us, as Julius has just said, let's understand the reason why tensions built to that extent. And it's the fundamental reason because the executive wants to institute a particular policy that they do not have the majority, complete majority to pass. So parliament it is, a, is in very new territory here. I particularly don't care what people think of our parliament internationally in this case, because look, we can all think different things about different people in different parts of the world. So for example, the question that you premised to force about what people are saying about God, I don't think that is necessary. Are you sure? I mean, I achieve that. The international image. I find that very despicable. Why would you say that? I'm just saying the question that he passed to you. I'm not even responding to talking about your view. I'm just talking about my view. I don't think that people are sitting down in the UK or the US thinking of what's happening in Ghana's parliament because there are worse things happening. We can take the American democracy and the stalemates that the Republicans are you know are putting in place against the Democrats and complain about it. Nobody really cares. So my point is that there's this one brawl in parliament, yes, BBC carried it. It's not as if the international community is AY what is happening in Ghana because what is happening in our parliament is really honestly not particularly unique to Ghanaian parliament. Brawls in legislature have been something that does not mean that we should encourage it. But please don't get me wrong. My point is not that we should encourage it. My, but my point is that let's not blow this out of proportion. Let's not make it as if Ghana's parliament is going down an abyss of violence. Let's understand, as Julius has said, what was the root cause. And then address it because I feel we are always skirting around the issue. Skirting around the issue. The root cause is that the majority must understand that they do not constitute the majority in the sense of the word. It's 137 against 137. I mean, so if you want to use some Takashi methods to pass through some of your policies, then invariably you may end up seeing tensions ball like this. So let us understand what the root cause is, discuss it, and condemn any violence that happens. Hope that it doesn't happen again. But let's not make it look at this as something that is happening in Ghanaian parliament. We are all supposed to be disappointed. The world is looking at us. Please, who cares? Yeah, I mean, but 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 perforce, he's got a point, you know. I mean, this is a parliament that is what? Less than 30 years old, 1992 to 2001. Somebody should give me my marks here. But it's definitely not, not more I, than three decades old. You, you're, 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 talk, you're comparing it to your parliament. That's ever, several, ever, several centuries old. Yes. Evans, I'm not doing that at all. I am not comparing it to the UK at all. All I am doing is I am comparing it to Ghana. Because we need to be growing. We don't go backwards when we're growing as a parliament. Because we've seen parliaments come and go. And this one, from somebody who has actually been in the parliament already, one of the panelists who spoke, who's been there already, he said, this is appalling. Yeah, we need did. to be growing. We need to be going forward, not backwards, not back in the gutter. And I really question the emotional intelligence of the parliamentarians, the so-called honorable members of parliament. What is honorable about what they did in parliament? It's, it's hard it's not to say that. No, that to just, when you know, they're objecting against our parliamentarians. Yes, I have to. But because because at the moment they're giving me the chance to do that. Yes, people quarrel. They people are giving me the chance to do that. Because if you're very emotionally intelligent, you wouldn't in the UK and you like look down at Ghana's parliament. I am not looking down. I am questioning. I am not looking down. That's where you're wrong. I am questioning because you question. You said it's okay for them to roll. I don't think it's okay. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree questioning because I have to. Yeah, okay. Okay. As a as a speaker of parliament, um, I may may I call the house to order. Um, I, I want to bring in. Is it uh, Julius? You you were raising the issue about um, you don't see the point of emotional intelligence. Julius, was that you? Yes, that was me. Okay. Yeah. What, what's your point, point on that? that? The point is that you can't just question the emotional intelligence on the fact that they are challenging something that fundamentally has been made very controversial. The issue of if the presiding member, who is a member of the House, can vote. You see, we are all to identify that good issue. If you are a presiding member and you pose a question, the framers framed the standing orders and the constitution such that the person who poses the question does not answer the question himself or herself. So if we find a situation where there is someone in the seat of speaker poses a question, and the person leaves the chair to come back and join up the question which he has posed. And our constitutional framework or the standing order did not give a situation where if the others 
give the same opinion. That is, create a tie situation. He should offer his opinion. They didn't even give him that. And he wants to go and join them when he's posing the question. That is fundamentally where the problem is. So if I'm a member of parliament and I have, for example, the people of Fumbisi waiting for me to, 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 to speak for them on an issue like ELEP, and someone is manipulating a rule as you know controversial as that one, and all I do is sit and let it happen, no, nobody will Evans. sit and let that happen. Yeah, for Julius, 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 I really respect what you just said, but there's a reason behind the question I asked. Because what makes people brawl? If you can't control your emotions, that is where you brawl. I understand the principles. However, there are processes in Parliament that people can actually vent. And no, so, in the, in, in the case of in the, the of in the case of Joe standing up and wanting to go and join his colleagues and vote. What process could have been used if you okay, kept quiet me, and allowed him to go and join his colleagues let, let, to vote? And, and, and after and, he's done and, voting, what process will he use? Julius, Julius, what is the role of a member of parliament in parliament? The role of a member of parliament is to represent their constituents and air their views, debate them, and get them through if they can't. That is as simple and as that. But in the case, so in the every case member where, of parliament has a right to vote, to cast a vote. That's the fundamental yes. for his that, people. Yes, except, for his people. They are in the seat of speaker. So if they move from the seat of speaker to be join his people, he can vote. You are presiding. If you are presiding member in the house, and you put a question of vote, you are presiding over even the voting process. So you cannot take yourself out of the seat in the voting process. The, the voting which you are presiding on pose the question and now want to go and join the and cast the vote. I'm a bit confused. It's not coming to me because I know it's a one out article one or two. Is it 102 stays something that says one, that gives 104, 104, 104 plus one, two, and three? The combined effect, the combined effect of that is that a member presiding cannot vote. So because because, point, because because they because move, the constitution and the standing orders are clear that anybody who sits in the chair of speaker, whether a deputy speaker or a member elected for that purpose cannot have an original or a casting vote. The idea... Okay. The fundamental idea behind that is such that the person who poses the questions on the floor does not answer them himself. I mean, I, I, I the get... the framers wanted us to have a situation like the United States where the person a casting vote in the case of a tie, they would have been clear on that. And let, I let me... the opinion let... that to avoid all these situations where there is ambiguity, the, the, the presiding member should have a casting vote. So okay, so so let, let me let me let me switch this up a bit in the next uh, few minutes as wrap up. I want to bring it back, uh, Isa Fuseni here. I mean, the mem- if you speak to the members of parliament, they argue that they did what they did because they were representing the best interest of the of their people, right? The people who elected them, and so somehow, um, if they see that you know a wrong or what they perceive to be a breach of the constitution is being done. And they they can't win this merely through arguments on the floor. Then you have to use force, and they cite the constitution to say if somebody wants to overthrow the constitution, which they believe is what's happening, then it's right to do what you're doing. You have to use physical force in representing your best interest of your people. It begs the question: as a member of parliament, you were there, you've left. Do you do you see that the, the, the people, the people that you represent? How, how do they perceive members of parliament? Do they perceive them with respect? Do you feel respected as, when you were there? Do you feel you, that your people respect you? Do you carry the prestige or you feel disdain um, when, now that you're out? Maybe you can give me an honest opinion on this. Um, I, I still think that um, it, it's such a privilege to be selected among perhaps sometimes uh, over 100,000 people to represent them in the National Assembly like um, the parliament that we have. Let, let me remind Julius that parliament is governed by three sets of rules. First, by the constitution. Secondly, by the standing orders. And thirdly, by conventions. And the standing orders provides that where there is a gray area, 
the person presiding will make a rule which becomes a convention and then parliament adopts it. Unfortunately, conventions as we know, we don't have a written document for it. So over time, parliament itself has adopted some of these um, practices. As to whether parliament is losing respect or not, I think that we have a parliament as an institution that we should build over time. I'm glad we have some, somebody from Odiko. Odiko, for instance, could be supported in some way, some form, to be able to give us feedback on the performance of members of parliament or the institution as a whole. And so we find out how to help build the, the institution for it to serve that very important role of being a check on the executive. As to whether a member of parliament stands alone to watch something which is determined is illegal happening, I don't think there is any reason to be violent in parliament. Look, on the, on the Friday when the, 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 the majority group walked out and the minority group were purported to have, to have overthrown or, or, or rejected the budget, the majority group came back the following, in the following season and came, through a motion, they went through processes. The minority group also tried to overturn it. So these are parliamentary procedures, parliamentary rules. That, and there are so many tools that are open to both groups. I also want to make it clear to Julius that and the standing orders of parliament does not make reference to a majority party. The standing orders makes reference to a majority group. Today we have a majority group in parliament. So people who think that we have a hang, a hang element, I think, I think, I think, I think it's a wrong or an erroneous feeling to say that the parliament we have today is, is a hang. If we had had the speaker sit and the speaker acknowledged that there were issues or, or specific um, 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 items that, that did not permit him to sit, if he had sat, I think that the majority group had marshaled their numbers and, and they could have gone taking this illegal through. No, mm. no, no, notwithstanding what the minority feels or they want to do about it. Let, let me bring in Prof. Prof. Prof, give me your final thoughts on this because ultimately the MPs represent all of us and so they are there on my behalf. We employ them. How is this playing out among um, voters who put them there? I mean, you study parliament. Uh, is there a sense in which you know the esteem of parliament has been reduced in the eyes of voters? Because we elect them there. How much of responsibility must we ourselves take? Just 12 months ago, we put them there. Hello, Prof. Hello, Prof. Kabanasafo. Okay, I don't seem to have him um, on. Um, Julius. Hello, Prof. Okay, I don't seem to have any of my Zoom uh, connectors on. Uh, Chief Moment is on force. Um, what about Julius? Okay, um, let's do some of your social media uh, comments on this uh, while we 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 see if we could uh, get them back for their quick quick thoughts um, on on what we've been talking about. Uh, I see a lot of you uh, with your with your comments on this one. Hello, Prof. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. yes. Can you hear me? Give me your final thoughts on this. Yes. Good. Yes, uh, obviously, it's an unpleasant situa- situation, especially when the majority of Ghanaians haven't seen this before. So it's very unpleasant for the image of parliament. But it's, uh, what I would say by way of uh, my concluding remarks will be that, you know, as I said, the lessons that we are learning from this. Over the years, we have had, we have had parliaments where we have always had some form of absolute majority, some form of it. And so the majority have always bullied their way through. And then today we have, well, I would normally say we have a hung parliament anyway. If you look at the definition of uh, hung parliament, of course we can debate that. So what it means is that the leadership skills must change. And I blame this largely on leadership because you don't do business as usual. Before you come to parliament with anything, you should have engaged people concerned. You should have negotiated your way. You should, have, you should have consulted. But if you always want to do things the same way you've been doing over the years, you are likely to hit a block. That one is clear. So it, it, we have to go back and, and re-study our negotiation skills and see how we can engage the minority 
and engage people who are concerned. If you don't do it that way, we are likely to lose all the time, and these things are going to happen. And I'm telling you, if I were the finance minister, for example, and I were part of the leadership of parliament, I would negotiate my way through before even coming to parliament to, to, do the, uh, 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 to read the budget statement of the government. In that way, you will always know that after the presentation, this is A, B, C, D, or what and what are going to happen. If you don't do that, the minority also will stand their ground. And these are the things we are going to witness. Okay. So for me, it comes back to the issue of leadership. And as I said earlier, it's a developmental process. We are going through <coughs> several things. We will get there. And mm. this is one other side of parliament we have not seen over the years. Yeah. And so it also tells us that going forward, we should also be looking at the people we vote to go to parliament. Okay. And yeah, I you're right. With, uh, to some extent, uh, when he talks about emotional intelligence and all that, sometimes is the, is the issue of the power of argumentation, the power <coughs> of debating skills. That is what you use. But you see, this and, and um, Julius, when Julius goes back to the issue of Article 104 and the standing orders and all, these are basically the, 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 the bone of contention. And let me do something very quickly, um, because as we wrap up on this, a very short question to all of you. Chief, if I ask you to rate this parliament last one year based on what you've seen, uh, zero to ten, what, what mark would you score them? <laughs> I'll give them an, a seven. I think that we are... Wow, okay. ...parliament you've ever seen in our history. <laughs> this is the first time parliament is resisting not being a rubber stamp, and I don't think we have to take that lightly. Over the years, every parliament has been a rubber stamp for the executive. They talk, 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 but executive will always have it way. For the first time, we're seeing resistance. For the first time, we're seeing parliament trying to exert its influence on governance policy, and I think it's such a critical thing that we shouldn't overlook, and we shouldn't let these fiscals overcome or that you might be able to achieve. Oh, so that's a 7 out of 10. Force, what would you score Parliament? 4.5. Okay. And I think the people deserve better because our children look at what happens and these are the people that emulate because these are the people we call honourable. And what they are showing doesn't show oh, anything. My honorable. children don't emulate, yes. uh, copy them. Okay, I so for I, 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 I didn't talk about your children. I really I really love force and chief because they represent the the, the, the nature of parliament. Good debate, except that the yes, is very, very healthy, good debate. They don't throw punches yet. But maybe let's see. We put them in a room together, maybe. Uh, Julius, 10 out of uh, 0 to 10, where would you score Parliament? It's like a South African uh, rapper who, who invited uh, someone criticizing him for a boxing bout. <laughs> Julius, let me hear you. Uh, oh, 0 to 10. 0 to 10, where will you score Parliament? Julius? Okay, I may have lost Julius. Prof, where would, how would you score Parliament 0 to 10? Well, before before I give a sorry, a, 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 a just because of time, I've run out completely. Well, just give me a score. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get you. Before I give a score, let us look at the number of times Parliament has met. How many times have they met, and how many times have we seen this? It's very easy to uh, for bad news to sell. So if you are not careful, you are scoring based on the two incidents early this year and late this year. Last minute, first minute, last minute. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, that's what happens. Okay. So, so, exactly. so, so based <laughs> so, on that, you score so them what? If, if, well, uh, I'll give them a pass. So that's five. Uh, better or than, six. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. More than, no, not just a pass. Six and above should be fine. Okay, uh, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for your thoughts. Uh, very interesting views there. Uh, Isa, what, what would you score, Parliament? <laughs> That's a very difficult thing to say. You cannot pass because I, I, I think that, but for the um, avoidable browns, I think that they have done, they have done a good job. Mm. Um, like like given eight, where like we nine. Are, given the numbers, given the uniqueness, um, of the numbers that, that we experienced. I'll put Parliament at about a six. Okay. Well, thank you all. Uh, I've heard you.
Um, what are people saying? Says, how can a referee? Uh, how can you be a referee and at the same time a player? Could you from Adenta? And uh, this one says, Evans, all the fighting in Ghana's parliament this time round is a, because of Patapa attitude. Is economist hence they must work according to the rules. They're not from Spintex sent that one. I'm son Bannerman in the US. Our parliamentarians are jokers, but now Ghanaians get nothing telling. Uh, but we'll show them their positions coming 2024. Evans, I don't think we should be comparing what we are practicing in Ghana to Western democracy or else the present government wouldn't be appointed member of your profession, which is the furthest to both and chairs of, of committees. Also, um, a couple of the messages that are coming. This one from Facebook, Richard Lai says, My Nigerian friend is mocking me about the fight in parliament and I'm sad that it happened like that. Allowing your Nigerian friend to mock you. As a pot call, you know, cold, but, 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 but. Anyway, thank you very much all. Uh, Merry Christmas. We have no information as to the whereabouts of Mr. Speaker. The leadership of the majority has not been informed of the reasons why Mr. Speaker is unavoidably absent this evening from the Chamber of Fire. 99.7 FM.